1: Welcome, everyone, to another episode of The State of Love and Trust. It's a Pearl Jam podcast, and I'm one of your two hosts, Jason Carapesi. And alongside me, as always, is Paul Giliari. Paul, we are here, episode 140. It's uh, episode two of the new year, and we've, we've been dialing this one up for a while. I feel like I've been speaking um, to the ringleader of this group for months, trying to put together... This fan roundtable, and we, we spoke with our friends in Australia. They're like, hey, we've got friends in Poland. You got to talk to them in emails and emails and emails and emails. And here we are, months later, we, we finally got it. And I'm excited. Are you excited?
2: Second episode of the new year seems like a perfect time to host a bunch of people far more interesting than we are. So yes, let's get rolling.
1: All right, so our, our Polish fan roundtable is here. Uh, I want to welcome in, uh, there's, there's six of you, and I'm going to probably mess up these names again. It's Eva, Jakob, Camila, uh, Marcin, Tomek, and Jacinda. Yeah, perfect. You got that right. Nailed it. All right, podcast over. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's it. We're signing <laughs> <still nailed> up now. <laughs> <laughs> How is everyone? Good, good. Great. Are you guys. Great. Thank you. Very good, very good. Well, let's just start off with the most... I think like the easiest question, we'll go around the table here, um, the virtual table. And the question is, how did you get into Pearl Jam? And uh, Ava, I will start with you.
3: Uh, that was actually because of my brother, because he just walked into the room when I was sitting in front of my computer and just said, listen to this <laughs> and put the tape on my desk. Oh, the room. Yeah. Oh wow. And walked out of the room and that was it. And it's I just was a good.
2: mic drop. Just <laughs>
3: yeah, there you go. pretty much. There you go. Listen to it.
2: <laughs> what, what year was
3: this? Oh, <laughs> uh, that must have been the early 90s because I was sort of still in um, um primary school stage. So
1: yeah. Wow. So it was 10? Yeah. Um, and, and what was your immediate opinion? Like what, what did you think when you heard it?
3: Oh, yeah, I loved it. And basically, I think that was around the time when maybe the second record was and i remember that he was saying oh there's more coming out <laughs> so basically and yeah and that's what
1: happened and the rest is history <laughs> marcine uh, how did you get into the band
4: so yeah it, it was quite similar it started like around versus uh, for me so a friend of mine actually my best friend uh in, in secondary school uh he his girlfriend she went to the state for christmas or something like, like some some holidays and she brought some cds yeah it was In early nineties, the CDs were quite expensive in Poland and it was not that easy to to buy a CD. So she brought some CDs and she didn't like it. She offered it to to her to her boyfriend and he didn't like it that much. (laughs) And I received a copy of verses and I was lost. I was lost. Yeah. So actually I knew some maybe some video from, from videos from from MTV from from the 10 era. But for me, it was it was versus that. Yeah, I was lost like in 1994. Yeah. And Camila, what about you?
5: So I think I was in high school, so it was around Beck Spacer era. Oh, uh, and I was... <laughs>
2: yeah, sorry. No, don't no, apologize. This is, this is great. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, we We don't meet a lot of people that were introduced to the band circa like 2009. So it's yeah, it's fascinating that. Uh, how did you avoid the band for so long?
5: I mean, I was in 2012, she's uh, young, into, yeah. I mean, I'm from '94. <laughs> you were like in a Arch- kindergarten or something <laughs> <laughs> program in early era. No, my sister is 11 years older, but she was into yes. Backstreet Boys, unfortunately. So <laughs> it was a rough path for me, yeah. But I mean. I got into Chili Peppers and then I, I started digging into rock music and I think through this path like Nirvana, uh, Alice in Chains, Pearl Jam, and it just went on. And then it, in 2012, I, I went on tour. So it was my first show in
2: 2012. Oh, nice. Yeah. Outstanding. And, and uh, Tomek, what about yourself?
6: yeah so uh in my case it was very typical uh, uh so i'm not that the as camilla uh and it all started uh at the end of primary school beginning of high school uh so when they uh when they all started uh uh it was uh 1991 i believe and uh, and and yeah uh mtv was playing alive and i got completely lost uh i remember my brother uh taught me to uh stuff like Led Zeppelin, uh, you know, King Crimson, Jimi Hendrix, mm. um, Frank Zappa, but Pearl Jam was probably and and the whole Seattle sound, a uh, whole Seattle scene because it's, it, it was never only about Pearl Jam, but but the whole Seattle scene uh, back in the days. So it was probably like my first um, uh, thing that I discovered by myself. So,
1: oh, that's important that's very important The first, because you you know like eva was saying if the the brother comes in and drops the tape on your desk you're kind of like forced to listen to it or else you know kind of thing like i i, I did that to my sister i was blasting you know metallica and green day and pearl jam and she was like oh i guess i'm gonna listen to this too um but yeah to, to, to find something on your own is very important and it becomes yeah yours. it's like
6: it's it, it was very much uh you know uh a generational experience uh uh for us uh when you were growing up in the uh, early 90s it, it was very very much uh, uh the sound of, of 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 teenagers back then and and the, and the uh, you know the voice of the mm. uh, uh, of the uh, uh of the teenagers and and, and and what we what we felt about and and how we uh how we uh, understood the the world around us
1: uh it was very appealing let me jump to the married couple, Justina and Jakob. Is this how you
2: found love, you two?
1: <laughs> Just ju- jumping around no, to
7: leash in blood? No, we actually yeah. met each other independently from, from Pearl Jam, but it was actually Justina who got me into Pearl Jam. But that, oh. uh, we, we, we met. Uh, you each found other a lady in, with uh, taste. <laughs> yeah. Uh, of course, I knew Pearl Jam from before, like everyone else of my generation, I found about their existence through MTV mm-hmm. and through uh, uh, 10 on, on tape, of course, like Martin said, back in the early 90s, CDs were exclusive. So everyone was listening to tapes. Uh, so I had my 10 tape, uh, but I really, I, I didn't really started listening to them and going into the shows before 2006. And that was my, that was the time of my first show. Took me with her to Prague, uh, and that's how I got swollen by the whole thing.
8: That's how you create monsters, right?
6: <laughs> speaking yeah. about the tapes. Uh, speaking about the tapes, I I, I believe it's uh, uh, it's very important uh, to uh, to mention that uh, back in the nineties. Uh, it was right up after uh, the fall of communism right so uh, mm-hmm. we didn't really had uh, uh, original tapes like it was uh, you, you could buy on the uh, on the local uh, market you could buy uh, like a very awful uh, bootleg uh, mm-hmm. that was <laughs> unofficial completely you know uh, yeah. Uh, in Very version, often, uh,
8: you'd even have the uh, track lists right, completely different to what it is on the regular on a real CD, right? Really? Because I, yeah, I, I, because I, they yeah, were trying remember- to fit the songs so that that makes it to the thirty minute long cassette. Yeah, so oh, they wow. would have to cut it. Yeah, that's I, the reality I, we were facing. I remember I that th- on th- many occasions, in my yeah. you know age, right.
1: Because the length of, a, length of a side of a vinyl wasn't the same as the length of a cassette side, right?
8: Nah, so you couldn't nah, match nah, it up
1: nah. one for one. No.
3: Nah. Yep. And then imagine the time when your tape is actually getting swollen by whatever you're playing the cassette on and you pull it out and your oh, tape
1: yeah. is like, oh my God. You're, you're doing this. You went <laughs> with yeah. your finger. Well, yeah. Right. Many it times.
3: Goes. Roll it back. <laughs>
4: In well, early nineties, the, the best cassettes, the best tapes, they were they, they they were from the East Germany actually, and they were like sometimes they were forty five minutes, on yeah, both sides. Yeah, so I remember. Yeah.
2: If it was a Scorpions cassette, then yeah, let's <laughs> yeah. make sure they fit in on there. <laughs>
1: someone take, yeah, someone take it Scorpions Maria. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Yesina, uh, yeah, did you tell us when you got in, uh, into the band?
8: No, um, um, no, I think um, I was actually trying to remember. Yeah, I I find it hard, but I think it was something like uh, MTV Unplugged. You you know, you're just sitting there uh, on your sofa, pretending to be doing your homework. And, you know, the band starts on, and pretty much by the time they finish, you're not even barely on the sofa. You're not pretending you're doing uh, your homework anymore. You're just jumping around, you know. And I remember. The next thing I did the next day, I just, you know, went to a different city because I that's what I had to do. I had no record shop or anything like that in my hometown. I had to get on a train, jump on the train, get a cassette, and that was Versus. Mm. Uh, and that's how I got started, I think. That's my earliest memory, I think.
1: So you your first the first one that you bought was Versus?
8: The first one I bought was Versus. I mean, I knew that. Uh, I knew what Pearl Jam was, I must have seen them somewhere on MTV or something. But the minute I saw uh, Unplugged, MTV Unplugged, it was like,
9: <laughs> can you actually
8: do it? Is this something that, you know, can you actually do it? There's so much. Energy in it. I can't barely sit. I can't barely walk. That's the thing that I want to be doing until the rest of my life. I want to be jumping around and listening to, and getting all this energy through my body. It's like they singing about my life, right? That was
1: something. <laughs> the question is, did you finish the homework?
2: No, it's it's still sitting on the table.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love so, it. it's an it's an audio format, but if you can see the the face that she just made, it's perfect. <laughs>
2: Camila I, I want to ask you a question that I'm going to pose to the rest of the group uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about your first show experience but what's unique about your situation is you discovered the band much later than everybody else here so your show experience is probably it may be dramatically different from a lot of folks that are on here unless it yeah. was a while before they saw the band come through as well provided that nobody else traveled outside of Poland to do it so Camila do you remember your first show?
3: Yeah,
5: it was in Berlin, 2012, and actually the funny thing is that me and my friends we bought the tickets for our 18th birthday as a celebration, Mm. Um, and we actually ended up meeting bands before the our first show. (laughs) I mean,
1: just normal, normal thing you
5: do. energy going on, (laughs) so it's, it's easy for me to track the bands down. Yeah, so I met them before my first show, actually, which, which was pretty funny and they are super nice and so on. But the first show, I mean, it was awesome, but I was like up on the tribunes, like really far away and so on. So it wasn't the first row experience on my first show.
1: How many shows have you been to in total to this point? 25? Good God, since 2009? 12 12 or 12 <laughs> <laughs> Oh my <decade>. Lord. Paul
2: <laughs>
1: I've been to 25 <laughs> myself I told you
2: they were more interesting than we are Yeah
1: <laughs> Moses uh Marcin what about you first show how many shows so the first show for me was 1996. So Camila was two years old those days. But yeah, reference point the entire
4: episode. Yeah, but I have I have a good story about that because I joined the Tank Lab in 1994. So Camila, yeah, we could celebrate that. I, I will always remember your birthday because that was the year when I joined the Tank Lab. Ah, and good uh, number. <laughs> as, as someone already mentioned, as someone already mentioned this. This was like five years after the communist collapse in Europe in Poland. Mm-hmm and of course we didn't have we didn't have credit cards i didn't have the credit card those days so i was buying like a cash in a, an exchange office putting it in an envelope and sending it to the to the tank lab uh, it took months usually but wow. i joined it yeah i joined the tank lab in 1994 and then i received the envelope with like opportunity to buy tickets for the show in warsaw in 1996 yeah so, again, I have to pay for those tickets per cash. Send it in through the mail. Yeah, yeah really. <laughs> through, through That's incredible
1: that it actually yeah. worked.
4: Yeah. <laughs> it worked, yeah. I was surprised, but it worked. But I didn't receive a ticket at hand. I It was uh, like a wheel call. or wheel yeah, call, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. so I, I went to Warsaw. They didn't have a ticket in my hand, but, yeah, it was a success. So the ticket was waiting for me, and that was 1996, uh, November 1st, Yeah. That was that was the, my first show. It was special in 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 Poland. So, so tell
2: was, me something. What, I mean, Camila met the band before her show. Obviously, an indelible memory. Uh, w- what about you, Marcin? What what's what's the big takeaway? You, you reflect back on that show. What do you remember most?
4: Yeah. So I remember that. Yeah, that was the uh, the era of uh, No Code. Yeah, and to this mm-hmm. day, it is one of my actually it's my favorite record. Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, that was great to to to, to witness this show and this was maybe someone will mention that but this was also on a special day in poland because on no- november 1st we celebrate uh, all saints day so we celebrate the, the family members that are yeah, not longer with us so there were some the 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 band the probably they knew about that so they have some candles on stage the wow. atmosphere at the beginning of the show was like quiet you let's say started with long road yes i have a goosebumps actually now when
7: I- <laughs> <laughs> yeah me too actually <laughs> yeah
4: yeah that was that was really spectacular there, yeah, for me 1996.
1: long road last exit animal hail hail go whatever a- yeah and uh yeah that was around the time you know we always we do our live cut of the week you know every week and um it's kind of a running joke between me and paul that so many of the no code versions happen to come from berlin uh, primarily because the sound quality is great. I mean, there's not a lot of good sounding shows from that from that um, from that tour, but you we know that that part of the tour it was just an unbelievable um, part of the tour from a performance standpoint because you had Hamburg right there, which was also great, and obviously Warsaw was fantastic. So what a show to see as your first one. How many shows have you been to? Uh, I've been to eighty nine. <laughs> oh, why are we doing this? Why, we we why, now. He, why we even...
4: <laughs> I told you, I,
2: I'm lost. I, I was lost. We, I think we have a new record holder. You do. We do have a new record holder, right? Uh, M- Marcin, w- w- would you like a would you like a job on this show? What do you
4: think? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I could think about that. Yeah, but, yeah. It was this, this 20, 26 years touring. So oh, come on, it's yeah. No, yeah, yeah. yeah, it happened. I don't know when, but it happened at some point. Yeah. Is,
2: do they ever just blend into one big show
4: for you at this point uh, <laughs> some of some of them yeah maybe but yeah I re- yeah i remember some significant shows and some of them a little bit less
1: yeah well course. we'll get to yeah. um a co- one of the significant shows from a, from a, maybe an outsider's perspective within the country in a little bit in a little bit um eva when was your first show and how many
3: um my first one was in 2000 so it was couple Ooh, weeks. yes yeah but it was only the first night night two i had to be on the train for some practical training with my university and i was in tears uh-huh. but the night before was the first night and again my brother took me to that show at my parents permission who said just keep an eye on her um, your brother's the best do- by the
1: way i'm a big fan yeah but
3: um <laughs> he didn't do the best job he lost me within the, the first probably 10 seconds <laughs> <spoke to> <laughs> And um, yeah, uh, it was kind of memorable for me for different reasons, but main one was the fact that I was physically suffocating during that show, because I think I was in role three, more or less. Um, the arena, you know, forget air conditioning and all that. It was extremely hot and I was surrounded by mega tall people. And <laughs> me personally, I'm roughly five foot four, just under. Um, so not very little, very, very short, but I'm um, quite short. So basically it was terrible. I literally was catching air from above me like a fashion. It was it was pretty petrifying, I have to admit. But the security guy spotted me and he just asked me, "How oh, do you want to get out? And me being me, of course, going, hell no.
9: <laughs> so
3: looking at me, he basically, I don't know how he managed, but he basically got on the rail and pushed people who were in front of me and grabbed me by my both arms and pulled me on the rail. So, and then handed me water and kept just giving me the wow. drink. Well, in those days, if you are getting one sip, With a bottle being sort of held by the security, you were lucky he was literally handing me the whole bottle of water and um, allowing me to drink and keeping sort of his eye on me, making sure I was fine. And I was right in front of Mike McCready. So that show was pretty cool as well. But I think I was a little bit overwhelmed. So for various reasons, as I said. Your
1: place is better to be than at the rail in front of Mike McCready.
3: Well, (laughs) you know, definitely better than suffocating two
1: Yes, of course. By context. (laughs) my nice. goodness um who have we talked tomek what do you, what do you got yeah so um n- 1996
6: just like just like Martín, just like Justyna, uh, 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 it was the 1st of november as Martín said very special day uh, here in poland um uh not very much like halloween uh very different uh Marcin already said uh, uh we celebrate uh, all Saints day uh, which is a day where we usually go to cemeteries to uh, uh you know to to to, to visit uh, uh your uh, family and um, and friends graves and, and put the lights on that and uh so it's um uh, it's a very peaceful day and 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 a very unusual day to to do any rock show uh, in Poland, mm. especially back in the days. It was actually a big thing uh, for for many fans. We uh, many of us we were discussing this that probably Ben didn't know about it, uh, 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 or uh, they will do something special and they did they they put the lights on the uh, on the stage and it was uh, it was very special to uh, to have a show starting with long road uh back in the days and and i remember that very well um and i also remember two things from that show um first it was uh how they played smile uh and I, I believe i believe <laughs> that was the yeah, moment when i something. fell in love in uh, in no code um uh i will be uh, very honest with you when the no code was released i was kind of skeptical uh because you know uh, it was 1996 right and and people were still living um ten and versus and and, and uh, uh it 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 was the program that we knew and then you you start to listen to no codes and you're like what the fuck what what's what
1: <laughs> well yeah so you are is the lead single you're like what is this what,
6: what is this exactly and uh, so 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 the show was right after I first no code i i, I heard no code for first time for second time and um i didn't really knew those songs uh, before uh, the show and uh and i fell in love with uh, with those songs they they were amazing life and i remember a smile when the whole crowd was singing i miss you already i i felt like you know the wow, on that, on that gonna... day oh my
1: god oh yeah wow yeah, yeah.
6: And and the second moment from that show was hearing alive for the first time uh, in my life. Uh, that was like I, I, I remember the opening riff. Uh, for me, it's it's still very special. And even though I, I've seen them uh, uh, many times, I, uh, I, I, I still when when they start to play alive, I always like, oh yeah. <laughs> now we are talking so um yeah uh, that was that was the moment when i felt like uh, okay i have seen that when i was younger i have seen it on mtv now they are playing live i'm here they
1: are here this is the moment right um jakob and justina you guys went to the same the same warsaw show in 96 with the first one
7: no no because, well no, jakob uh, and yeah. but Yeah, yeah, I I got into a band. Maybe you start. Yeah. I was, what,
8: 15 in 1996? And I had no idea when I was going to the show, what I was getting into. I remember this overwhelming feeling of vibration and 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 i thought i was just going to a simple rock show you know like this is going to be something nice for an hour and a half and something but the way those songs sounded the people that were there and the atmosphere i pretty much remember like you know i have this uh memories that come back like flashbacks and 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 i remember that's what Tomek said already when they played smile i think uh that was the moment of course i i i couldn't have known uh back then uh what this band would mean to me later on in my life the lens that I would go to, to travel to see them, the friends that I would make, the memories they would give me. But pretty much when they finished, by the time they finished playing Smile, it was like I knew that this is what I'm going to be doing in my life. This is what I'm going to be. That's how I'm going to be spending every moment I have just to travel and see the show and be able to listen to such music life and sort of like, by that time, I knew, well, I gave my life to a simple chord, like a famous philosopher, Robert <laughs> levin Bean of Black Rebel Motorcycle once said, that was it. That was this moment, right? And then they go on with indifference and you're what, 15 and this song just rips your heart out, you know with everything that's going on when you're a teenager and you have this feeling that people don't care, that it doesn't make any sense. It's like they're singing that, especially for you. And there's like 5,000 people, 10,000 people in this room who feel exactly the same way. Right. That was something.
2: I think we need a vault release of this show. Yes, yeah, seriously.
1: <laughs> uh, I would say that the, the band listened to us by playing at us you know we we it was like how do they know oh, exactly yeah. what to say <laughs> you know um Jakub, you were later oh, right? yeah. your first show was what it was oh uh, six is that what you said
7: it was Prague six yeah and uh i was a total newbie so i didn't appreciate for example all the all the rarities i had a lot of oh. a, a lot to catch up with i didn't understand the importance of five men uh, in sequence uh during the anchors of the of the Cetrics. that was the one the once in a lifetime you know uh opportunity when you get better man leather man nothing man, yeah. man of the hour and Dead Man yeah. played during the one show and i didn't understand that i didn't know those songs i must admit but uh, i was a total newbie uh, but i knew the stuff from 10. so when i heard jeremy when i heard alive uh, For the first time ever i had tears i had goosebumps this is these are the guys i remember from mtv they are right here in the flesh right in front of me you know uh because when we talk about the early 90s and the mtv you have to remember that in our minds in our collective mind uh these guys you know, Eddie Vedder well, not just him, but Nirvana, Guns N Roses, all these guys, they were just as real as Darth Vader. And then <laughs> you you can see them, they didn't much change, you know. They they look pretty much the same, uh, you know, to be honest. And there they are, you know, you know, arms reach, right? And uh and they and they sing that stuff, and well, you just have to be made of stone to not to be moved by that. Yeah. And uh by the end of the show, uh, I think that must have been, uh, during uh, yellow led better when all the lights were on. Uh, oh, uh, and before that they played the uh, rocking in the free world, uh, free world and Eddie was throwing tambourines to people. And I saw that, how the hell is that even possible? You know, uh, you know, how can such things structure? you know uh, axel Rose doesn't do that james Hetfield doesn't do that you know uh, they are breaking the barrier they are breaking mm. the, the invisible wall and he uh, he's during uh yellow Better he spotted um, one of the polish uh, banners uh, by the by the ceiling of the arena of, of Arena in, uh, in prague and uh, he changed the line of, of, of the lyrics to, I will never forget you there, right? Uh, because they didn't include Poland on the tour back mm-hmm. then. So a lot of Polish people came to Prague, because, which was and to Berlin, which are the closest. Uh, and uh, so he kind of sang that I didn't forget you there. Uh, and again, I am like shocked, you know, how? this is beyond my sheer imagination you know uh, how things even possible and that wasn't even the start of the things i've seen and experienced later on uh but uh, yeah but that was my my ignition point you know that that told me that okay this is different this is not the mode that plays every single show the same way of course i love the mode, but that's another topic uh (laughs) but I I knew that I am experiencing I am experiencing something special and I want more. Okay, so forty shows later, I want more.
2: <laughs> oh, gosh. Paul, we're getting blown out of the water here. Yeah, we are. Say, w- um, was everybody here at Catuis? No, you weren't. Well, Camilla, Camilla right? yeah,
1: you have an excuse. You were like, five. And, and, and
2: I guess. Uh, Oh, Six and Prague is you
1: yours. So, yeah, so... You, you, so I okay. uh, was, was there in Katowice as well. Was anybody at night two that the uh, should have been Budapest night?
8: Nope. No, unfortunately, I only went to night one because by that time, you know, that moment of time was like, seriously, you want to see the same band twice? Why? Why? Why would you even do that? You know, and I have a feeling that since then I've spent half of my lifetime trying to explain that to, to 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 people. But you know, everyone focuses on night two in Katowice, which was obviously special. But you know, the thing is that what 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 you were already able to see in Katowice night one was already mind-blowing, and that era, the the, the 2000s, this was something that, uh, again, of course, we didn't know what what was soon to happen. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about Roskilde. We didn't know that we can see right now the band that we are looking at uh, that's never going to be the same a few days later on. Uh, But these shows... They were amazing. You have to imagine for someone who does not really have a chance and does not really have in their mind uh, the idea that they can travel, that they can leave uh, their country and go to see a band in a different country. This was something that was not quite there yet. You have to remember the communism and the inability of people to travel freely and the the. Mm. Aspect of money, probably as well, was not to be disregarded. I actually just found out I found my um ticket stop from Katowice, nine from uh, Warsaw, 1996, and I found the price on it. and The single ticket was about eight dollars. Oh, wow, just to put you in perspective, <laughs> right?
1: So speaking uh, of, uh, go ahead, Jason. Oh, uh, I was gonna say, um. I want to go around the horn kind of lightning round style, uh, on this next one. Uh, I want to know who each of your favorite band member is and why, but we'll keep it tight. So I'm going to start with Camila.
5: I don't know. I have a connection with stone. It's weird.
1: Talk to me about it. Come on.
5: I mean, I had a moment in Barcelona in 2018 and everybody's laughing at me because like,
1: did he wink at you sorry did he wink at you is he like hey no
5: he waved at me like they went on stage and i went like i was in the front row and i just didn't know what to do and i went like (laughs) and he waved at me back and he was like cool and pointing fingers at me and dancing and so on and there was like a post on facebook page of pearl jam fans later on like was stone stoned at the show actually, and the people <laughs> started right No, just Camila was in front of him. <laughs> 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 but right now, I'm working on Josh Klinghoffer as Chili Peppers are my second or first like favorite band. So I'm really happy that he's touring with that band right now.
1: That's excellent. That's excellent. Yeah, Jessina uh, how about you? Uh,
5: nah, nah,
8: nah. Uh, I don't think I. I can honestly say I've got a preference. Uh, they're all cool guys Um, it's kind of cool that you have this idea when they come on stage when they look at you and you see this kind of like recognition and you feel like yeah um, they make you feel like they know you that's Mm. a feeling that's not really there for many other bands but the favorite member nah they are cool guys.
7: Yeah, I, um, I don't want to sound boring, but I don't have a favorite member either. But uh, of course, everyone else would say it's a, it's a lie, uh, and it's probably Eddie uh, because uh, uh, because you know, the, uh, well, he's at the front. He's the he's the spokesman of the of the of the band. He's the leader of the band, so whether we like it or not. So. Uh, if there is any kind of uh, interaction or, or uh, special connection that I can feel, uh, it's probably him, but it's not by choice. It's by pure coincidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but, uh, the fir- but I have to say that, uh, the first member of the band that I have ever seen was actually Jeff in his uh, big hat days on the live video because you can't was miss it was the first moment.
1: machine
4: yeah so i was thinking about that question yeah it's 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 obvious it's difficult to choose one but i was thinking about the side projects and for me like yeah the med season the the side project of mike of course what yeah it was mind-blowing yeah those days in in 90s but like thinking about this 30 years if you have like a longer perspective then I think that Jeff has like maybe not that spectacular side project as Mad Season, but all of them like R&DM, like Three Fish, they're always they have always have something. So I like I like his maybe his, his his style as or his his art approach. He's publishing his uh, li- list of the books that he read last year. Mm. they are always some um, inspiration for me. So I think Jeff has yeah might be.
9: On uh, the contract. very good,
3: Ava. Uh, for me, I guess the main thing was that literally sitting at work, headphones in, I think I was listening to like Ben Arroyo Hall and Mike Solos. I literally had goosebumps sitting in front of my computer looking at some architectural drawings, and I can't explain it, it's a feeling, but it literally, his guitar playing it always sends shivers down my spine. I just, this is just the feel. So You know, it's not like, like Justina and Kuba, I would say we're there for the band. Like literally there is no one member who can be Pearl Jam without the rest of the group. So Mm -hmm. it's always about the whole band. But when it comes to the feel that you get, it is just something that is something you can't put your finger on. You can't explain. It's just the feeling that you get. And for Mm -hmm. me, that's Mike's guitar. And obviously his personality is brilliant as well. So,
1: Mike? I'm actually
6: I'm actually quite surprised that no one in the group didn't call me out yet
1: on that question. <laughs> Do <you> tell why. <laughs> uh,
5: He's the Sweet Lou yeah, so, man.
1: Yeah, yeah. So
6: <clears throat> long story short, um uh I've been requesting for a Sweet Lou uh, song for <laughs> for a while. <laughs> um uh, yeah, I I used to Bring basketballs to the shows, and and uh, so we we used to have a little fun with that uh, with with Jeff and uh, and Eddie and uh, and Stone was laughing like crazy uh, every time. Uh, Mike was picking up uh, the ball in in Philadelphia as well, mm. and um, they were all very uh, happy about it. And and uh, 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 we we managed to. Uh, Make a lot, of, a lot of fun around that, uh, but you know, uh, jokes aside, uh, I think yeah, I, I, I would um, I would go with Jeff and uh, uh, and probably, you know, requesting Sweet Lou, um, It originally started as a kind of, of uh, way uh, of saying, oh, okay, we have run out of the re-requests uh that was it all started in twenty twelve uh when we got so many good songs on the uh, on the tour in europe uh, that uh, uh me and my friends we we decided that we're gonna ask for some song that they were never gonna play and uh since we uh find the parking uh, uh a lot uh in front of the basket shop uh in Stockholm. Uh, we bought a basketball, uh, we made a request. Uh, uh everyone from the band uh, was uh, having a lot of laugh uh, with this request. Uh, and uh, but uh, as I said, uh, jokes aside, uh, I, I believe that the request somehow comes from uh, also my uh, mutual respect to, to Jeff and all his. Side projects already mentioned by Marching, uh, all the uh, uh, charity uh, stuff mm. that he does around uh, uh, skate parks in Montana, and uh, um, and you know uh, when I was younger, uh, he was the coolest guy from the from the gang, no question about it. He was skating, he was he was into basketball, he had the coolest hats. So you know how could you not love him? Uh, and then, uh yeah, uh, by accident, we, we became his stalkers with the basketball. So, yeah, I would go with Jeff.
4: Well, well feel- speaking
6: of, of basketballs and hats, I'm curious,
4: tell
2: us a little bit about your favorite piece of merchandise or a collectible that you have. I don't know if it's a tent, like we went to the show Eddie threw a tambourine my wife got it so that for me like the, the fact that we have that in our house it still to this day boggles the mind but I would imagine given how many shows all of you have been to how long you've been fans of the band there has to be something that you really treasure something specific that comes to mind when I bring bring that up who wants to go first
8: I think that Koba should go first, speaking for the both of us. Yeah.
7: (laughs) Okay. She's calling you Um, out, man. So, uh, uh, (laughs) you know, by pure coincidence, I have it prepared right here. Oh! Show it to to the camera. Uh, In general, I think, I mean, in general, we have uh, 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 quite a lot of uh, those those gifts, uh, tambourines, picks, all that stuff. But my favorites, and of course, it was always... An amazing feeling when you get your first, right? Uh, if it, 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 uh, by coincidence or not, right? But uh, uh, my favorites in general, uh, my my favorite uh, uh, piece of merchandise that I can get during any rock show is a set list. And mm-hmm. as we know, uh-huh. that getting a set list during a Pearl Jam show is very well. That's difficult. That doesn't happen too often and uh, the reason i i love them so much is uh, is the fact that they are unique to a show you, you right uh if you go to 20 shows you get 20 chances of getting mike mccready's pick right uh you only get one chance to get one particular set list uh but uh, uh, it, it doesn't matter but the in uh, in 14 in 2014 um we were, uh, me and my wife, we were fortunate enough to, uh, to be uh, backstage in Milton Keynes. That was the final show of, uh, of the European leg. Um, and uh, you can believe it or not, but uh, we actually met uh, Eddie, we met uh, Mike. And Eddie had this envelope under his arm, full of set lists, full of uh, draft, drafts. Of list, wow! Uh, that he scribbled on the hotel paper, you know, whenever he was staying Four Seasons, blah blah blah, all that. Uh, because he, he doesn't just make them up five minutes before the show; he actually, you know, uh, creates them all uh, over a couple of days uh, during uh, during a tour, and he. He had like 20 set lists in that envelope, and he told us that his plan was to throw them into the audience. But the crowd was very wild that mm-hmm. night, and we said, Well, we said, we suggested that he didn't. And, uh, and he said, Okay, I'm going to give it to you, and you're going to distribute them among your friends. That's okay. a lot of responsibility. <laughs> 20, 20, 20 draft set lists, handwritten, okay? So out of the twenty, uh, we kept two. Uh, it's Berlin fourteen and it's Leeds fourteen. The Leeds fourteen, and I have it right here. Oh yeah. man, look at you! Uh, so uh, uh, so that's 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 I think my favorite piece of merchandise that I ever got. Uh, we and like we promised, we we kept two, and all the others were given away in a parking lot <laughs> in Milton <Mietraum-Kiez>.
1: Keynes. <laughs> That's wild.
2: One of those set lists was turned into a paper airplane by somebody's five-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. What are do you doing yes.
1: <laughs> Did anybody here get one of those? Hey, if I got one. Oh we yeah. got two? My husband got one. Which I got ones?
3: On. Um, they are the ones from 2014 as well, but they were actually, which is funny, I would need to get it out because um uh, one of them um, was Leeds as well, which means that Ed must have done a couple. Oh. Um couple of
6: versions, one, yes.
3: yeah, and the other one was Trieste. Mm. So, yeah.
6: I actually have one. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm not sure what it is. It's uh, it's uh it's Who red. Did you guys. Uh, How does uh, you uh, get Damn yeah. set list.
1: I didn't did you get a set list. I didn't get a set list. <laughs> oh, I didn't get a set list. <laughs> Which one is it? where? Where is that from, Tomek?
6: Oh, uh, that's that's one of the drafts that Kuba uh, uh, was uh, was uh, Which was city? mentioning. Uh, so uh, uh, it doesn't say any city. It, oh. It's just a draft. It says uh, pendulum, hard to imagine, leski's mind your manners. Uh, okay. So, so 2014, yeah, it's it, yeah. it's twenty fourteen. That sounds sure. like yeah. That
7: sounds like Oslo. That sounds like Oslo fourteen in
1: twenty fourteen. Yes knows information like that good yeah lord. he does yeah
7: because last last kiss doesn't come too often as a third song so uh and came as a third song in oslo 14.
1: this is like live footsteps.org but like in reality in yeah, real time good <laughs> lord wait so tomek is that is that your choice for a collectible or do you have something else
6: um yeah, I was thinking about that question, and uh, you know, I don't wanna sound cliche or uh, uh or or sound like a uh, like a moron, but uh probably um uh my favorite 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 uh, uh you know thing that I got from the band was the one that I gave it away. Uh it it happened at Wrigley. And uh, uh, so we were there for two nights. It was in 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, we were there with my wife for two nights. Uh, the first one, we we had seats, um, uh, and we had amazing fun. Uh, then on the for the second night, we uh, we had uh ga tickets and we we queued to uh to be in the first row we we managed to uh, have a basketball uh we got a lot of stuff from the bands uh uh, uh including matt's uh, uh drumsticks and uh uh and some uh, and some guitar picks uh but we also got a tambourine from uh from eddie he he picked up the basketball for for a minute he dribbled that on the uh, on the stage, uh, gave it back, uh, and then the, he gave us a, a tambourine uh, at the end of the show. And nice, I, I remember uh, after the show we uh, we met uh, our friends from uh, Given to Life Foundation. Uh, don't know if you know those guys, but uh, they are uh, doing uh, amazing stuff. They are bringing. Uh, disabled people uh, uh, to the shows and mm. um, as uh, they are helping uh, people who cannot attend shows uh, to to get there and there was this kid uh, on the wheelchair he was paralyzed and, and he also had autism uh, so I uh, I approached them just to say hi and uh, because I uh, as a, I knew Tom and I knew Eva uh and uh, uh it was nice to meet the parents of the kid and, and the kid himself and it was like a, a moment uh between me and my wife we just like uh, yeah uh, so communicated without the words and uh, so i gave it the tambourine to to the kid and i said hey uh, eddie wanted you to have it and yeah. and <laughs> and the kid was so happy i mean <laughs> you could see that in in his eyes and and we got connected to to the parents and um we've been uh we've been in in touch for uh for some for some time and uh and his mom he she told us that uh he was still playing the tambourine like you know weeks after the show and and he was still thinking about that eddie wanted him to have this tambourine.
1: That's amazing. That's amazing.
6: It's beautiful, um, Camilla.
5: Yeah, so I guess I have a couple of things. I mean, I have fun things like I kept the tissue that Mike was giving away during Krakow show tissue. Because, yeah, like the like t- like, t- you, t- like, like wipe your tears because <laughs> we were, like I was writing uh, le- right behind Tomek in the second row, and there was a situation coming. Down there, and we were crying so hard that Mike just went down from the stage, and he just handed down the oh tissues to the crowd. Oh. We were all weeping, and we were like, oh my god, was an amazing <laughs> show. <laughs> so I kept that. It's a weird, but it's a weird Is it in like a like like, like,
1: like a plexiglass cube? Just- no,
5: no, it's somewhere in like a plastic portfolio somewhere. This yeah, is completely new
6: level of being a fan. <laughs> and being a stalker.
5: The small things, you know. Okay. <laughs> keep the Kleenex. Keep the Kleenex.
1: <laughs> Mike McKleenex. Yeah. <laughs>
5: yeah, but I also got tambourine from Stone, which was cool. Like, he never gives away tambourine, yeah. so it was quite special. Uh, after, like, before my first show, actually, I met Eddie, and I have this kind of Weird thing that whenever I go to a show, I do a little artwork and I try to hand it to a band. And at the time I was trying to get to the Academy of Fine Arts in Warsaw. So I was drawing all the time and so on. And I had a portrait of Eddie and I was just going around Berlin with my sketchbook and doing random stuff. And we met them and I just gave him the portrait and he was like... (laughs) it's so amazing. And he handed me the pics and there was, I think there was also two people there and they asked for the pictures. Like they don't allow pictures with Eddie, like outside of like curated fan meetings. Uh, and I think they only spoke German. So they asked me to ask him for their picture. So I asked him and he was like, no, but no, but, with you first, and we had a Polaroid camera, so he waited for us to wow. develop the Polaroid. And then I turned around, and there was a security guy from Eddie, and I was like, He's gonna <laughs> smash my face against the pavement. <laughs> and he was like, You're really cute. And he handed me like a piece of paper folded, and it was the sad from Berlin One. Oh. Yeah. So, so I got the set list from the concert that I didn't attend, <laughs> but it was fun. Like my first set list before any show. And this year I also did this art project and I was handing the posters like plural one. So Josh side project slash Pearl Jam posters. And I was handing them at every show that I went to. And after the first night, they were like, do you want them signed or anything? I was like, no, no, it's just for you. It's just like, you can have it. And during the second night, so my second concert, this tour was Frankfurt. Mm. Uh, and I gave the poster and Eddie took it. Like he recognized me after two oh, wow. seconds or something. And he was like, yeah, yeah give it to me. <laughs> and he took them and he signed one and he returned it to me. So I have it like.
1: Tremendous. Here, so it's my Eddie
5: Vedder art collaboration. <laughs> it's a collab. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I do art collabs with Brilliant. Eddie Vedder.
1: So. Uh, just no big deal. No big deal. <laughs>
2: The the it's the cool. the experiences oh that you six people have had, Good I, I can honestly say I hate all six of well, you. We, so, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. We got like who, who's that? Who
1: hasn't said it? Ava, Marcin, and uh, Justina? I think haven't said their their favorite collectible. So let's go around the horn here. Ava, what's your favorite thing?
3: Um, I guess uh, from me, it will be the 2015 tour because we went to the South American part of it. So oh wow. Um, oh, wow. You may actually already know this story, but we my husband found this bus, which was like a tour bus, but it was from the 80s maybe. So it was all falling apart and it had leaking air conditioning, like things inside were broken, but we basically had bunk beds and we had a bathroom at the back of it. So we toured the entire Brazil on the bus, and I have no idea how, but the you, band kept, found the out
2: oh <laughs> you <laughs>
1: kept the bus. Oh my god, amazing! You kept the bus.
3: Yeah, and, and Vedder signed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um,
2: the band found out about this.
3: <laughs> Apparently, well, we we know that they did find out, but basically, what happened? We were at the last show in Brazil, which was the one in Rio de Janeiro, and we were just waiting for the show to start and. Suddenly, a couple of security guys for Pell Jam just rocked up. We were on the front row and they said... We didn't do
2: it. We didn't do it.
3: (laughs) (laughs) What they said was um, they handed us a little bag, which was like the merchandise bag, and said, Mike McCready needs your help. And we didn't have a clue what was going on, but basically they handed us his Polaroid and asked for us to take pictures of the crowd around us with his Polaroid and in the bag, because my husband had a sticker at the previous show and he threw it, and funny enough, he just basically, the sticker said, thank you for everything, Evan Keith, and Mike McCready caught it in between his knees, so he had that sticker, and anyway, what I pull out of the bag is one is the poster from Rio that was signed by the entire band Bar Eddie Vedder, who was busy with... Um, Sergio who created the guitar for him so obviously Mike wasn't able to get his signature but apart from that there was a letter for Keith and I saying Evan Keith could you please take photos and then give me that polaroid back and so I obviously I framed that letter from him um, and then the great thing at that show as well like the guy said oh we'll come back and get you before the second encore and I I said to my husband's like I don't know what they're talking about. They must have got the wrong people. <laughs> but they they did come back and they pulled us out and we ended up on the side of the stage, which was incredible. Because one thing I have to say, what everybody talks about when it comes to Brazilian shows, Brazilians are so passionate and we're in a stadium of whatever that show was. It's, about, no,
1: it's, it's gigantic, yeah.
3: sixty to 80,000 people. And what they say is that what you see is literally the entire floor just bouncing from the first row to the back row. And obviously, we were there for the second encore, the biggest tune. So, the likes of a life. And actually seeing what the band see from the stage when they're performing, to me, that was absolutely mind blowing. And if there was any kind of thing that you have, that memory probably blows everything out of water. <laughs>
1: that's good. God, That's beautiful.
3: That was absolutely like. Even now, I feel like I'm gonna start shaking because that's kind I've of. I've got
1: like- goosebumps right now. So had, like- I've, exactly.
2: Same, same. Unbelievable yeah. stories
1: uh, for, for, from all six of you. Who else? Justina. Well, I, I, can, I don't know how many can top that, but good lord, you guys keep topping each other. So, Justina, what do you got? <laughs>
8: Well, I'm tempted to say the set list as well because we kept two of them. But once you start thinking, oh, my God, that's so amazing. He gave us all those set lists and stuff. It's like you have to kind of like um, arrive at the conclusion. Damn, that's the hardest decision you have to do in your life. That's who do I give them to?
9: Mm.
8: You've got so many friends. You've got so many people that (laughs) you find
1: with.
8: And you're like. Who comes first, right? Yeah, but... Those, it was Blowing uh, Kisses, by <laughs> the way. I forgot.
1: You guys didn't know that. <laughs>
8: <laughs> yeah, so those two that we kept, I kind of cherish the Polaroid uh, Mark McCready took of me and himself, mm. Milton Keynes. Um, but it's kind of hard to choose. <laughs> the, the memories. The memories that you have, I, I, I'd say, is uh, something that is... Um translatable into, like, physical objects, no.
1: Marcin, what do you got?
4: Back in early 2000, I believe, I've met also Dave abruzis He was playing, you know, like, the, 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 the former drummer. He yeah, was yeah. playing it, he, with his side project. He, he had a show in Poland, and I went there. And probably he was not that much recognized as a, being a Pearl Jam drummer at those days because he was playing on some jazz festivals those days, yeah. Uh, so right after the show, everyone went out and we, we stayed there. I, I was there with my brother-in-law, who is a drummer, and we yeah we talked with Dave, and he was really surprised because I brought the uh, Angel, the, the one of the Christmas singles, Angel, and yeah. he credited as as an author. And he said that he hasn't seen this record for many many years, so I gave it to him yeah, actually. Uh, so he was really so super cool. Yeah, we spent some time with him. We we had some Polish vodka with him. Yeah, so that was a great experience with Dave, and talking about the merch or gifts, yeah, so this year, 2022, last year 2022, there was a long postponed tour, that was postponed for for two years, Mm -hmm. because of the COVID era, and yeah, there were so many changes in the dates of the shows, everything was messed up in Europe, so uh, I I was going to a show to Budapest with my wife, That that was the initial idea, that we should go there together, but in 2022, the show was on Wednesday, so we couldn't go together because my wife had to go to work. So I decided, I asked I, yeah. anyone who wanted to go, and that was my daughter. She's nine years old. Yes. Oh, yes. That was vacation. That was July. So let's go for the first time. So I took her to show at Bud- Budapest. He, she met all the friends. She was really surprised, and she went for the show, and she received a tambourine. So that was super cool for her. And then two years later, or yeah, I think two, two, two days, two days later, there was a show in Krakow, which is our hometown. And she didn't have a ticket, but yeah, after the put up a success, she wanted to go there. So we bought the tickets to Krakow show. She went there and she received a tambourine. So Come now on! She's <laughs> yeah. so she Paul, two like,
1: shows, two tambourines yes. for 9 year olds. What's going yeah, on here? I love
4: it. it. Love yeah it. she's confident that it is like a usual way <laughs> yeah, so we'll, yeah during during Christmas, uh we exchanged wishes, and she was wishing me a lot of show belgium shows this year, <laughs> but you have to take me with you. that was the yeah. wish, yeah. yeah, so she's doing the whole tour that's yeah, it's decided yeah oh hopefully they will come to Europe next wow
2: yeah. unbelievable yeah. well. Yeah. I, I, I feel like then this this last question it it's easy for us to infer what your answers would be. Uh, the, the implications are clear just from how passionately you describe your your relationship with the band's music and, and the connections that you've had with each member. But I guess it's still worth asking. It, it's just a, a great great way to achieve some closure in this absolutely wonderful conversation that we're very grateful to have you on to participate with us for but succinctly in, 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 a, in, a, in a couple of words what would you say you love most about the band what is it about the band that you love so much so we'll, Tomek we'll, we'll start with you and just uh, tell us I don't want to speak for you I, I get a sense just all six of you have spoken to very specific parts of what the band's legacy is comprised of that speaks to you most but i, I want to hear you vocalize that because uh i want i want to see if i'm i'm reading this properly
6: i would say the people the people are the most important and uh, you know um it's the uh, it's very interesting that uh, you know you usually meet friends at high school uh, or when you are studying and and uh, and usually uh, if you are lucky enough those those friendships last till you are 40 50 whatever um but you don't often make friends when you are 30 uh, when uh, when you already Mm. uh, you know working and 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 uh, you are grown up and and you're adult but uh it's it's very different with uh with uh, uh with Paul and it's very different with uh when you when you start to tour you get to meet all those beautiful people and uh, you know uh the, those guys that are on the call uh, uh, uh today are uh, some of my best friends and uh, i didn't know them uh, uh when i was uh you know uh, when i was 15. uh we uh we went to the same show like we already uh, uh discussed the 1996 uh show uh and some of us we went to the same show but we 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 didn't know, know each other uh, when you are starting, uh, uh, you usually all those stories are very much the same. I mean, uh, it all started in high school. I was the biggest fan in my neighborhood, in my class, in my high school, right? Uh, and that's true but then you go to the show and then you recognize that there are so many freaks like you and some <laughs> of them they are actually going to some other cities and some other countries right so yeah you 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 start to get to know them and, and and you realize that uh they are much more crazy than you then you start to tour and then you recognize that there are some people who are queuing to be in the first row and they are actually spending nights in front of the venue to to uh, to get there, and once you start to do that, you 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 realize that you have uh, people like Marcin, who had uh, uh, eighty uh, plus uh, shows, and 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 he's uh, Martin. I, I believe you are uh, the guy who had the mo- the biggest number of shows uh, from the Polish fans. Is that but- true,
4: Marcin? I don't. Yeah, I I didn't ask you about that, but yeah, it's possible. It's possible. <laughs>
6: Uh, I'd I say eighty nine probably takes. Yeah, 30. that's a lot. I, be, I, 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 I believe so because well. you know it's it's very unusual for the for the Polish fans. Uh, I mean, if you are very much uh, into that, if you are much very much devoted, you can have like 30, 40, maybe maybe fifty, uh, but to have eighty, yeah, you need to be marching. Uh, <laughs> but but then when you when you when you. When you go to US and 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 you start to queue for Belgium in US, you you uh you start to get to know people who have seen them like hundred times, two hundred times, three hundred times. Not leaving,
4: not leaving New Jersey or New York. Yeah, you know, they have <laughs> yeah. eight shows. Yeah. Eight that, shows
1: that, yeah, that is the beauty of living. I, I, I'm from that nor- the Northeast area, so exactly. like yeah, Philly, Jersey, New York. All of a sudden, yeah. Hartford, Boston. You're, you've done eight in two weeks, so I get it. Um, yeah. The, yeah, yeah, the people. So, You're right. You're right. People. The people. It makes sense. Well, speaking of great people, you called them out, Marcin, What What's what's what what does the band mean to you? What, why do you love them so much?
4: Yeah. So as as we started our our yeah our, our meeting here, yeah, so at the beginning it was of course the music, the energy of the music. Yeah, it was the the experience that you, that you yeah faced with with listening to the music, and it was in 1990s. But then in 2000, maybe six or 2008, I believe. It started, for me, I, I started touring abroad, abroad of Poland those days, and uh, I started meeting some friends because, of course, it was cheaper to go outside to go abroad with someone. And in 2010, I believe, we rented a camper van with some friends that I didn't, I, I, I knew them from like internet, from, from some forums, internet mm. forums, but we haven't met before actually, or maybe we met just for a few minutes during the show, but we decided to rent a camper van, that was 2010. And we spent two weeks together in the camper van in the small place, living there. So yeah, <laughs> you, you, you know, you know, the, you know those friends really good. And nowadays, after twelve years, we are spending vacations together. We are, wow. yeah, we are inviting us to each other's wedding and so on. So it's it's all about the community for me
1: now. Uh, How many you had- went to uh, Justina and and uh, Cuba's wedding?
7: No, our, wedding, our wedding was very private uh-huh. and uh, we were married before I went to my first show. So uh, 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 apart, from, apart from my wife, I also met all the people here at a certain point during, uh, uh, a tu- during touring after, after band.
1: Cool. So, Would you agree? With, is it the people or, or do you have another, a different answer? Uh, I would also say
7: the people, but I just don't want to echo everybody else. Uh, but I fully agree that it's the people, it's the sense of community. But you might say that about any other band that, you know, they g- they give the fan, their fans a sense of community, right, to some extent. But uh, I would say that Pearl Jam not only gives you that, but to me personally, because I can't speak, speak for others, but to me personally, uh, the reason I love them so much uh, because most people here, they fell in love with them because of their music, right? Because of uh, 10 or verses or No codes. I fell in love with them in a different way because of my wife, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but uh, to some extent, I was um, like, I was going to, we were going to the shows together. By the way, I've never been to a show without her. And that's kind of a curse in the story in itself. <laughs> <laughs> <Part> but, <two. laughs> uh, but, the reason the reason um, I love them so much myself is that he, they have enabled me to meet others, to travel abroad, to experience things things I didn't even thought were possible, uh, and that's probably the greatest debt I have uh, to 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 them.
1: Justina, would you agree?
8: obviously totally <laughs> there's a there's a picture that's been taken from side stage uh that's uh the venue uh, it's called the Wohlheide in Berlin it was 20 uh or 2010 maybe 8 i don't really remember but basically it gives you this perfect perspective on the people who are up front you can basically clearly see everyone that's uh, in the first front row second row I can name every single one of them. Wow. Wow. I call so many of them uh, my friends. And if that doesn't blow your mind off, uh, there's a picture taken from exactly the same perspective a year later. And it's the same story. I can (laughs) name every single one of them. Of course, in a different configuration, because, you know, sequence changed (laughs) every single one of them by name.
1: Wow. That's wild. And
8: that tells you this feeling of community and soloing they have in Europe. I do that for different bands as well. Sorry, just to finish off. No, no, but no.
1: Sorry. I, I mean, no other
5: bands do that. No. no.
1: Well, Camilla, what, what do you
9: think?
5: Of course, it's the community, but like there's also no other band that can take a stand on something. I mean, mm like when i discovered them in late 2000s i mean there was nothing basically to stand for i mean all of the bands that were quite rebellious in 90s went calmer and so on um so i mean they became really important to me i mean when they when i started traveling and seeing them i mean they were really important and the music was amazing and the experience itself was amazing but i think the turning point for me was back in 2018 i mean it was really weird what happened and tomek was there also to experience it and basically everyone there was a really rough situation in poland like around abortion law and women rights and so on and we were in prague and i was it was my i think it was one of my first uh like the the overnight queues
9: mm. uh,
5: with pearl jam and i started talking with people and so on and it turned out that they are voting in polish parliament a law that's basically banning everything uh so When we woke up in the morning, I just went to the to the shopping mall and brought some papers and markers and so on. Uh, And we made like a poster. uh, Which said uh, it was like an ad for the Women March, uh, which was happening one day after Prague and one day before Krakow show which was supporting women and so on. And I brought it to the show and it was really busy and lots of things were happening. And uh, the arena in Prague is quite narrow. So I ended up being in the third row behind Tomek. And there was a situation that Eddie was walking around the stage and so on. And (laughs) I handed Tomek the poster because I couldn't hold it. And he was like... "Um, taking it up in the air. And there was a girl from Finland and she threw Eddie a flag and he said like, no, no, it's not what what I want to take. And Tomek gave the poster. And what surprised me, like he took the poster, he read it and he went backstage. He asked someone to check like if it's fake, false or not in their perspective, like the right thing to say. And I think at the end of the show, he showed the poster to the whole arena about the female Mm. rights. And I mean, it went all over the news in Poland. Like rock band is supporting, like, because some of Polish media are really right-wing. So they were like, yeah, Polish feminists are supported by the rock band, blah, 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 and so on. And then in Krakow, uh, like they did the whole research. I think Eddie made a speech that was like 15 minutes long about like, uh, he quotes, uh, Amnesty International and other sources about the, the whole system changes in Poland and so on. And it was so impressive. Like, I mean, no other band does this.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
5: I mean, it, it just blew my mind.
1: Amazing. Ava, uh, we'll wrap up with you. I mean, I'm my mind's blown from all these stories. Uh, what what is it? Um, and by the way, thank you for organizing all this because holy God, this has been something I'm very else. Very grateful. Um, wh- wh- yeah. What is it? What's the what's the thing about this band?
3: It's what well, the guys have already said, really, and um, the, you know, the music, the shows, each and everyone being so different. Um, places they take us to, like I'd never would have imagined going to places like Trieste or Padova or Belo Horizonte in Brazil. <laughs> so they organize my my vacation, which is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um but also I guess the people they are and obviously that also falls into what Camila was saying as well, but each and every one of them, but also people who surround them are absolutely incredible. And um again there's a little story, but I actually got it firsthand and it was in Berlin in 2018. Um, I don't know why, but during the show, they allow people to bring into um, the show pitcher jugs. They're like solid plastic with a massive um, rim on the underside and they're absolutely sharp and solid. And some drunk people were obviously thinking it would be funny to throw one up in the air while it still had beer in it and it smashed on my face when I was in the front row and split open blood coming out of my, my nose. So I had to be taken out into uh, a medic tent. And suddenly Pearl Jam Security um, guy, Ty, he rocks up and, and goes, are you okay? And I'm thinking to myself, why would Pearl Jam Security come after me to the med extent, but I think some of my friends just asked to make sure that I was okay. They said, we're going to get out if if you don't give us the news, what's happening with her. Um, And he said, okay, so let's get you back in. And I'm saying it's impossible, you know, I was in the front row. Long story short, he did get me back in together with my husband. Um, to crowd in the front row because, again, what know was saying, we're all friends, so they're cheering while I'm absolutely embarrassed because Eddie's <laughs> giving a speech while he just came back out on stage. About you? No, 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 thankfully oh. not. It was about some couple, um, I think, who were neighbours and one brought the other to the show and they were supposed to, I think they were a couple in the end. But anyway, people were not listening and I was like, oh, my God, please don't. Um, so... Long story short, I was actually back in the front row and Mike McCready was saying something. My husband saying, Mike McCready's talking to you. And I was standing there looking at what? Anyway, he says, go over here, pointing to the side of the stage. And I said, I'm fine. I just had to calm down. And he literally like a paternal figure, get over here. And Ty, the security man, looked at me and went, right. Let's get you (laughs) back out again then. So I got back out, but basically what followed was I was on the side of the stage. I got um, George Webb bringing out tissues, Kleenex for me all the time because it was still bleeding despite the dressing that I had on my face. Um, Donny, who used to be Mike's guitar tech, went away to bring me some Advil for pain. Um, the other security guy brought out some ice packs so that I had it on my face and actually probably saved me from having black eyes. And thankfully, I actually saw him in Denver back in September, so I was able to thank him. Um, and then I got, um, you know, that's awesome, but obviously I wish that never happened. But <laughs> I got um, Matt's drumsticks that he passed on via somebody um, I got Jeff's guitar pegs Jeff looked at me at some point just going are you okay <laughs> Mike came down kneeling in front of me asking me if I'm fine you know stone checking up and then Eddie Vedder was giving out his tambourines I got one on his way back and he stopped called over Danny Clinch for a picture put his arm around me took a photo with me which Danny Clinch I met The following day, um, because he had his um, little pop up store in Berlin, and I spoke to him, and he sent me the photo with Eddie Vedder. So, in general, all these people that surround them—they potentially many other bands—they wouldn't care, you know. Mm. I mean, but these guys, absolutely, each and every one of them were so wonderful. Like I couldn't thank him, all of them, enough really for caring so much. So they're absolutely amazing as people.
1: This Wonderful. is wild, my I, Paul. I'm I'm blown away.
2: These so
1: stories, am I. I stories.
2: It's,
1: uh, <laughs> y- y- look at that. Oh my god.
2: Well, we are happy you're okay. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, I I have to say that, that that you talk about community, and for for Jason and I, we speak about this quite often, even off off the show. That for us, this this community, we we feel very fortunate that by extension. That, so many of you that you get together and form these connections and these bonds. And, and it's not that we live vicariously through that, but it does give us an opportunity to meet people like the six of you and to hear your stories and get to know you a little bit as well. And so I, I think that that community continues to to expand its web and its sphere. And we're very blessed to be a part of it. And we're very grateful that all six of you took time out of your, your evenings to join us tonight.
1: And now we have friends to uh, hit the rail with when we go to Poland. <laughs> Good God, or anywhere really. We'll, we'll we'll get a bus and tour america next time how about that uh yeah thank you so much guys uh it's been eva it's been martin kuba camila uh, justina and Tomek. thank you very much the polish fan roundtable has been a rousing success thank you guys for coming on yes it has
5: <laughs> thank you nice to meet you guys
1: <laughs> thank you very much thank you very well. much guys
6: thank you guys and if we can say uh, just to uh give a big shout out to the rest of the polish community and uh since you know it's it's not only us but there are a lot of people it's it's hard to name uh, uh even you know um half of them but uh yeah uh we want to send uh, you know a warm regards to the the whole Polish community, the Turing Poles, Turing Tribe, whatever the name is, and and, uh, uh, whatever the group uh, anyone is identifying with, but uh Yeah, yeah. You yeah. guys
3: actually limited me very heavily. <laughs> to <a> Maximum <laughs> four, five, six is already like so. We could only get so many of We spoke for nearly it's two. A shame because and yes, exactly. you, could have, you could have had a full day session if you wanted to because hey, there's, there's, there's th- so th- many.
5: There's always room
1: who, for parts. We part would love the- to have in here. <laughs> thank you, Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you.
8: Absolute pleasure. Thanks, guys.
1: Many thanks again to our Polish friends for helping us out. That was, man, I'm still taken aback by some of the stories, Paul. (laughs) As I really poorly transition from one thing to the next, unlike you who do it seamlessly, is we're going to move on to our Lyric of the Week. Lyric of the Week this week comes from the... Oh God! What are these? The uh, binaural sessions, and a song that did not make binaural. Maybe to uh, the consternation of many, that song is sad. Oh, oh. Paul so sad um this is the opening verse what do you got
2: oh man regret yeah <laughs> that is the powerful drug I don't know what yeah. Rick James was thinking regret <laughs> I tell you that's uh it's tough because I don't think it, it's it's inescapable we cannot no matter how hard we try live a life where we we truly say no regrets I think there's always going to be something or someone that we regret, um, just because we're we're in, we're not infallible. Um, we're prone to making choices that are sometimes irrational, sometimes fueled by uh, you know, uh, and governed by by emotions that really are completely unhinged. We just we, uh, try as we might, finding that peace and solace and and, and being completely centered. It's what we strive for, I think, deep down, but. Ultimately, you're going to find yourself at one point or another in your life in a situation where you, you wish you could have made a different choice. Uh, and so the, the speaker, in a song like this is sitting there looking at an undertow of futures laid to waste. And you know, we talk about an undertow in the context of, of getting caught within it or under it, you know, mm-hmm. swept away by the undertow. And, uh, and that's what's happening here. He's being swept away. Or she's being swept away. The speaker's being swept away by a whole slew of potential futures that will never come to pass. That have been laid to waste by the the, the loss, you know, um, of a person he can't replace. And I think that there's a, a sadness that comes with that. And the the musical undertones of this composition kind of have a a haunting reverb effect to them. Mm-mm. Um, you, 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 listen to Eddie's vocal delivery and, um, I don't know there there's in a lot of ways that this song feels like a Halloween single. I don't know what it is. Like you listen really, to it. Yeah. I, it just, the way it's composed, it just has like this ghostly ethereal feel to it. I can't describe it. Mm-hmm. I've always felt that way about this song. Um, I see like purples and, and, uh and whites and and you you ever hear a song and you like see color sometimes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you hear certain musical compositions or certain chord progressions. There's something about the song that's always always felt kind of haunted to me. And I think it makes sense because the speaker is haunted. Mm. and And I think that this this opening set of lyrics here does a fantastic job of poetically capturing what that that feels like and and the imagery associated with that and and eddie's way with words i think really shines especially with that line there an undertow of futures laid to waste embraced by the loss of one he could not replace so powerful stuff man and i i think uh you know as as is the the great theme of nothing, man. You know, if if Mm. you have somebody that you love and somebody loves you, don't screw it up. You know what I mean? You, you really want to make sure you do all you can in life to try to make conscientious choices that you don't look back on later and say, gosh, what was I thinking? So
1: yeah. The, um, the regret part of that, I I don't know that I've thought of regret as part of this before, but obviously it totally adds up. I think that, yeah, the undertow line is where you probably found that, right? Yeah,
2: I think um, if it's
1: it, it's it's
2: it's hard to consider a song like this as just purely life intervenes and you're tragically you know subjected to the loss of someone or something and it was completely beyond your control. I like to think that songs, mm. with songs like this, Eddie, oftentimes, I mean, not to the degree that Jeff does, but Eddie will a lot of times leave just enough ambiguity there, and I think he did that with a song like "Around the Bend," where he just didn't want us to feel like it was on the nose and so he left that little little bit of that loose thread in the coat of the song and it's like well if you pull that guess what's gonna happen you know (laughs) it's gonna start unraveling on you and then what do we got where are we and and, uh, he does that on purpose sometimes i think uh uh, not in a devious way but i've always sensed that with this particular song it's always felt to me that I think the the common consensus take is that it's it's about the loss of a loved one, you know, that you right you 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 lose someone that's very dear to you. Um, but why? And there's a lot of what's that? But why? And you're you're inferring there's a regret as to correct, why. yeah. And, and so I, I I think that what's fascinating about this is there there's a little bit of a there, there's an open crack in the window for you to kind of jump through and say, well, wait a minute, you know, what if this song kind of touches a little bit on losing someone because of of choices that you made or because of choices that were beyond your control. I don't necessarily think it has to be, you know, the tragic loss of somebody. Although that is territory that the band has mined quite a bit. And I think right around this time, this like yield through riot act period, that there seemed to be a lot of loss that the band members were experiencing in one respect or another. Uh, There's a lot of lyrics that seem to touch on that. Um, I'll never understand why this song was left off of binaural I I, I just to, to this day I think it's it's arguably the the, the strongest track from the entire recording session mm-hmm. uh, it was not the strongest definitely top two or three and uh, I don't know man it just it's it definitely fits I think thematically
1: well think terms- talking about themes and you know the first note I put down here was paralysis yeah you know the, the paralysis of losing a loved one I mean, obviously, is is really something else, and that plays into the binaural ethos um, in in a lot of ways. You know, feeling feeling the world around you move on while you're stuck. You know, I love the imagery of of the photos. You know, peeling with time, and then the color fading from the images of loved ones, of the of that loved one, Um, and that uh, he stayed. You know, the way it's a powerful way to end a phrase. Uh, It's not actually the end of the line. It's the end or it's not the end of the phrase. It's the end of the line, right? Yeah. And he does this thing where he he starts a line in the previous line and then then continues it on. So it's actually he stayed in his room with memories for days. And then the next line is he faced an undertow of futures laid to waste, but he, he does it in a way where it's not like you know, equal. It should, it shouldn't, those should all be in separate lines and and they're not. Mm -hmm. And it's a, it's a, I don't know why he does it that way, but it's jarring. And I'm not sure if there's like a, um, a known effect for why a singer might write a lyric that way or perform a lyric that way, but it kind of yanks you from one to the next. And as far as the metaphor is concerned, I think, you know, this idea that depression caused by, you know, overthinking, what could have been, as you mentioned, regret, yeah. will really drag somebody under it, it's 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 it really will take you down. and that and that last line only emboldens that sentiment, you know, the embrace by the loss of the one he could not replace. Uh, and yet, the name of the song is sad. It's just so simple, sad. that's that's it. you know, not 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 something more poetic or hyperbolic, just sad. And I kind of wonder why he chose such a simplistic word. Maybe that's just the point. Overall, I think this might be, though, the most poetic, or at least maybe the most like visually appealing song about loss in the catalog. You know, obviously there are plenty of songs about losing a loved one, but this one works for me specifically because of the kind of writing that Ed does here. Um, it just sits with me the best. It's a really lovely song, and I think I come back to the way he the way he kind of um, illustrates the thought and the feeling of that regret and that sorrow and that depression. And it isn't the first time he's used um, pictures of people as a remembrance. He does it in worldwide suicide. Um, but it, he paints a picture that a lot of people have been in before, where you're just kind of sinking into the floor of a room that a person you really loved used to inhabit. Yeah. And now it's just like they were here and now there's nothing but their past on the walls and it just feels like you're looking up at the ceiling, like in train spotting and things are just going, you know? (laughs) So it's, um, yeah, I don't know how it didn't make the album. Um, I really love this verse as a start to a song about the loss of somebody Mm because it just, it hits you in the face really, really strongly. Sure does. so, um i'm curious as to how you guys feel about this. i know people generally love this song some of you i i've read online uh, are not fans which i find strange um, i, I want to say the
2: great, did like a march madness for b-sides one time or something like that and it they? won and didn't the, it the, the, this one won yeah i remember yeah. it
1: won so i, I know there's some out of you, some of you out there that don't care so much for this song i'd be curious to know why because i think Paul and I both agree that it's it's very, very strong. And I'm somebody who likes binaural, and I still like, why is it not on the album? So, Mm -hmm. well, let's go and find the uh, best live version of this in our live cut of the week. Ready to stand up! Live cut of the week of SAD. Uh, It's been played a number of times, but because it's a b-side premiere date was not in 2000 you know when it was written so we can kind of go from anywhere so where are we going
2: uh we're going to canada my friend we're going to canada and uh we're going there on september thirteenth, two 2005 on target
1: So there you go. Um, Hamilton, Ontario, Hamilton, the great city of Hamilton. Um, so this has only been played 57 times, the first of which was October 1st, 2004. Um, I think this one wins because of the band. Um, for the first little bit of the song, I don't know that Ed is in fifth gear. I think he's more in like third gear, but the band and the music. Is so tight and punchy and energetic that it carries. And by the yeah. time you get to that 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 in, that uh, interlude, you've got the band at at a, at a ten the whole way through, including Ed. And it's just a very powerful way to to perform the song. I think Matt is really really into it. You can kind of you can kind of feel how hard he's hitting the drums in this version. <laughs> um, and so I think it's a, I think it's an excellent choice. You know, not too many, but not too little uh, performances of this song what What made you want to pick this one?
2: I just thought that it was a uh, a tight rendition that really seemed to capture the um the aura of the album cut mm. uh, i I can't necessarily tether it to to any particular context of the setting in the show it's not like some other songs where it's like wow you know if you know the story behind this one then it makes a lot of sense it's not so much that i just thought it was uh, a standout performance that's relatively close to when the i mean it's five years later but uh it's not like we had three dozen versions of sad from 2000 to 2005 you know what i mean it was a mm-hmm. song that really didn't see the light of day for a while so um and Lost Dogs was kind of our introduction to it. So yeah,
1: only twice yeah. in two thousand four, and then eleven more times two thousand five. So yeah, you got yeah, pretty and close. So,
2: and, uh, and I think that that's meaningful because in two thousand five, you know, eleven times, it, it really looked like the band was making a conscious effort to 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 get this one down. And I think there was some workshopping in terms of playing it live, and, and um, this this particular version I thought was was the
1: standout version. So. There you go. Uh, If you've been to a show that they've played sad, how would you compare it? You know, I I think I've seen it once or twice. Um, I don't recall it being as good as this one, but there you go. That's the show, guys. A long one. If you made it through this far, kudos to you. And uh, kudos again to our our friends from Poland for coming on. There's a nine-hour difference between us and them. We figured out how to do it somehow. So, again, if you want to help support the show, uh, you can always feed that algorithm. That's one way of doing it. That's the way to do it. (laughs) (laughs) The more people who who can find this show, the better. It grows the community. This whole episode is the reason why we do the show. It's about the community, as uh, everybody said earlier. So um, you can always do that and, and, and rate the show, review, subscribe. That helps it out so more people can find us. If you want to go an extra step, there's always Patreon uh, or buying a shirt. But if not, no worries. You're here with us right now, and that's all that matters. So uh, we will see you next week with another fabulous episode. And until then, you have been listening to The The State of Love and Trust.